Thanks, team, for leading us in that beautiful time of worship as we celebrate this Christmas Eve service together tonight. I'm going to read a, just a short passage from uh, Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, uh, from verse 36 down to 38. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Let's just pray together. Father, thank you again for your presence amongst us here tonight. Thank you, Father, again for your word. And uh, Lord, we just ask that you might open our ears and our hearts to receive what it is that you want to say and do in our lives as we fellowship here tonight. Looking forward to this time of sharing together, Lord, as we uh, turn our eyes upon you now. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the songs we sang was about the three wise men. We've all heard about the three wise men. And of course, if you've been listening to Pastor Darrell's preaching and so on, we don't really know if there were three wise men. There could have been more, could have been less. But uh, for the sake of my introduction, uh, have you heard about the th- we've, we've all heard about the three wise men. But have you heard about the three wise women? Let me read you what somebody wrote. Do you know what would have happened... If it had been three wise women instead of three wise men, they would have asked for directions, arrived on time, helped deliver the baby, cleaned the stable, made a casserole and brought disposable nappies as a gift. (laughs) So there you go. I'd have to wonder who wrote that. But actually, did you know that in the Christmas narrative, you really could say that there were three wise women that were mentioned in the scripture. I've already given you a big hint as to one of them. Who was? Anna. Okay, got that one. Who else? Uh, I've heard them three. All right, that's it. Mary, obviously. And then there was Elizabeth. Well, there you go. There's three, isn't there? Three and three wise women who are actually mentioned there in the scriptures. But Anna. Anna is quite a remarkable woman. She has this amazing devotion to God. She's widowed after only seven years of marriage and remaining a widow for 84 years. And when you think about it in the context of a very male-dominated society back then, she was recognised and respected as a prophetess. Maybe not by the religious leaders, the scribes and the Pharisees, But certainly she was recognised as a prophetess by the ordinary people, and I would also suggest, of course, by the Lord himself. Recognised and respected her as one of his prophets. Um, We're not told a lot about Anna. We don't have a lot at all about who she is, or what she said actually, but we do, we can see a little bit of, of who Anna was. What was Anna all about? Well, firstly, her name means favour or grace. That's what Anna actually means. And she was a lady who demonstrated certain qualities, perhaps just as her name suggests. 
certain qualities that I think would be good for us to have a look at briefly tonight and uh, worth mentioning, worth mentioning because I believe that they encourage us, perhaps they'll challenge us, perhaps they'll challenge us to grow that little bit closer to the Lord, where we ourselves might say, Lord, I'd like to be more like this person, Anna, that we read about in your scripture. So firstly, I want to mention just three things briefly tonight. Firstly, Anna was actively involved uh, for God. Actively involved for God. There she was, at least 84 years of age, and still going strong for the Lord every day. Constantly, the Bible says, she was in the temple. Whether she actually lived there in one of the the rooms that uh, were there in the temple, or whether she spent her, her waking hours there, it's not all that clear. But we know this, Anna was there for every worship service. She had a good record. I reckon, wonder how your record is. wonder how our record is of being there at every worship service. But there she was. And although, as a woman, she was restricted as to where she could actually go in the temple, she loved, nonetheless, being in God's house. Loved to be in God's house. Loved to be amongst God's people. What an inspiration this lady is at 84 years of age. You know, may, we, may I encourage us tonight, may I encourage you not to underestimate the positive effect that you have on others just by being faithful in your attendance at worship services and just for being there with the Lord, for the Lord. You might think, well, I don't really do much, I just come here. But if you're doing it for God, he sees that, he knows that, and he will use that, and he'll bless that. I want to encourage you to do that. And you don't know the effect that you're having on other people when they see that you're faithfully attending worship services. I want to suggest to you a little prayer, a very simple little prayer that you might like to pray. You might do that already, but if you don't, here's a simple little prayer for you to think about. Before you come into a worship service at any time on Sunday, at any time, just say, Lord, would you help me to be like Anna today in your house? Help me to be like this woman, Anna, in your place. Just use me as you used her, like you used her. I think that's a good prayer, simple, but if you mean it from your heart, I wonder what God will do with you. You know, Anna Anna obviously had the physical capability, the physical capacity and stamina to be actively involved in God's work, even in her senior years. And not everybody is, we know that. But she certainly was. She was blessed that way and not everybody is. But there for Anna... That's, how she, that's, that's where she was, for God. There, there, was, there was none of these, this thought in Anna's life, as we can read about her here in the Scriptures. No, no thought about, well, I've, I've, I've done my bit now. I've reached that good old age. I can sit back and someone else can take over and time to sit back and relax and just enjoy life. Uh, we don't see that kind of thing with Anna. At 84, she was still active and going strong for God. I had the privilege um, in the last couple of weeks to once again go and visit Rita Johnson and Nola Hodgson. I don't know whether those ladies are here tonight. I don't think they would be. A lot of folks here know who I'm talking about, Rita Johnson and Nola Hodgson. And uh, both these ladies, as you know, as many of you know anyway, they're they're in their mid-90s, these ladies. And, And I have to say, although their eyes are failing, physically failing, 
they light up like you wouldn't believe when you start talking about the Lord to these two dear old saints. Their eyes just light up. Their faces come alive when you start speaking about the Lord. And I had a lovely opportunity to sit with both these ladies at different times and just talk with, talk with them and hear a little bit of their story. You know, Rita gave her life to Christ when she was 12 years old. And so she's walked with Christ for 84 years. Get that. Served faithfully for 84 years. Nola, when she was only 10 years old, gave her life to Christ and she's walked with him for 85 years. Isn't that amazing? Both these ladies are an inspiration, just like Anna was. I think we should give these ladies a clap, even though they're not here. What an inspiration. Faithful, still powering on for God, still sharing their faith, still wanting to be used, praying for people. These dear old saints, prayer warriors for God. I wonder how you might be like one of them or just if they inspire us and that's why God has them around to inspire us and spur us on secondly what is also noticed here about Anna is that she was spiritually alert spiritually alert a lot of people walking around they might be alert in all kinds of ways but they're not spiritually alert spiritually some a lot of people are dull but she was spiritually alert she was in touch with the heart of God Folks, that's a good place to be when you're in touch with the heart of God. I encourage you to do that. Know the heart of God. He wants you to. Good place to be. See, in verse 37 of this passage, it tells us that Anna worshipped night and day, fasting and praying, in touch with the heart of God. Listen to what God promises to those who seek him like she did. Jeremiah 29, 12, 14, great verses. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Aren't they fantastic words? Powerful words. The psalmist says this, My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Psalm 27. Great words. And I think Anna was a living example of this as we see her life. Now, you might be thinking, but wouldn't a person like that be too heavenly minded for any earthly use? You know, and we, we talk about that sometimes. Would I mean a person who did this much service for God, being where she was in the temple all the time, I mean, wouldn't she get a little bit tired of all this and you know, the same routine? And Maybe she'd even be a bit bored or, or maybe she's even a bit of a boring person to be around. You know, someone that's in that sort of environment all the time. But you know, that's not the impression that one gets from the life of this godly woman. And doesn't the scripture also say to us, but those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I think Anna was a living example of this. This is how it was for her. She was alert. She was renewed and inspired as she waited on the Lord. Are you waiting on the Lord tonight? Maybe there's something going on in your life and 
Maybe there's a lot of stuff that's just not making sense for you. Maybe there's stuff that's really weighing you down. You know, you need to wait on the Lord. Take a leaf out of Anna's book. Listen to what she does. Look at the kind of person she was. In touch with the heart of God. You see, she was at the right place at the right time as well. She was at the right place, right time when, when she came up to Mary and Joseph. And she recognised immediately that the child that they were holding was none other than the Messiah, the saviour of the world, in touch with God's heart. He's in touch with her. She's in touch with him. God gives her this revelation. Right place, right time for God. It all makes sense, doesn't it? As Anna fasted and prayed and worshipped God, she was certainly alert and right in tune with what was happening around her. Right place, right time, because that's where God wanted to be. You know, may the Lord help us not to be tricked into thinking that time spent with the Master in prayer and in worship of him could ever be a waste of time or an irrelevant practice. And there are some, and I think perhaps even some Christians, who think, okay, look, I'd give this much time to prayer, then we're out of here. Do this little bit of religion now and again. I don't know whether Christians really speak like that, but there are some who do who just think that prayer and waiting on God is a waste of time. And you know, the devil goes like this when he gets to you thinking like that. He says, good, I gotcha, I gotcha. It's a waste of time to spend with God. He says, I gotcha. You know, it was Martin Luther who, um, who quoted, as he was quoted as saying, he said, I've just got so much to do today that I've got to spend at least three hours of prayer. The priority this guy put in that. And then D.L. Moody, he once said, next to the wonder of seeing my saviour will be, I think, the wonder that I made so little use of the power of prayer. I want to encourage you tonight to, in your, in your worship time, to, well, to make worship and prayer privately and corporately. Make it a priority for your life, particularly as we head into 2015. Maybe God's tapping you on the shoulder tonight saying, I want you to make prayer a little bit more of a priority in your life than you have been. If he's saying that to you tonight, then listen to him because he'll help you do it. He wants to use you. There's power in prayer. Look at Anna's life. It will certainly help us to become and to remain spiritually alert and in tune with God's heart when you make priority of spending time with the master. The third quality displayed by Anna is that she was optimistic about the future. How are you feeling about the future tonight? A lot of stuff's been going on. A lot of ugly, horrible, rotten stuff has been going on in our world just lately as we head towards Christmas, correct? How are you feeling about the future? There's a lot of people who I don't think really are feeling very optimistic. But we see in Anna... Even in her very senior years, at least 84, she was still able to look forward with anticipation to the future for herself and for her people, Israel. Look forward with anticipation, with great optimism. Look what she says here in verse 38. She gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. We don't see Anna dwelling on the past. Think about this for a minute. 
if anyone has reason to be so optimistic about the future, don't you think Christians certainly do? Who else? You tell me. Who else can look forward with anticipation and optimism if Christians can't? And what about the people that are around you, who live around you, part of your family, part of your work life, who are looking at you, who are seeing all this horrible stuff going on around the place, people being killed, etc., etc., threat of terrorism. And I'm not saying that we should jump up and down and wave our hands and say, praise the Lord. I don't, I'm not saying that at all. But you, by remaining steadfast and knowing that you have a hope and a future, people are looking for that today. Why do we have, as Christians, why do we have this optimism? Why should we be looking to the future with anticipation? Just let me give you one simple reason. Why? Because if you're a Christian here tonight, your name is written in heaven. Amen? That's what Jesus, one of the disciples, rejoiced about. Don't rejoice because the demons did this, or you did this, or you healed them and did it. He said, rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And I think that's a good cue for us. You can be glad and look forward with anticipation and optimism of the future, because if you know Christ tonight... If you've asked Jesus to forgive you of your sin and you know him as your Lord and Saviour, then your name is written, <laughs> written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It's written in heaven forever. You know, I can still remember a conversation that I had with a, an elderly, godly old man uh, when I was pastoring another church and he was in hospital and he was terminally ill and he knew he didn't have much time. And one day when I visited him, he looked pretty good and we had a good talk. And, and uh, after I'd prayed, I said, I said, Gordon, I'll see you in the next couple of days. And he said, Pastor David, if not then, I'll see you in heaven. Isn't that great? And uh, I didn't see him again. He's with the Lord right now. But Gordon was looking forward optimistically to that day. And now he's there. What was the life like for her? What was Anna's life like that she could be so optimistic about and positive about her view of the future? What was it? Well, see, humanly speaking, let's simply look at that angle for a minute. Humanly, her life was not without sorrow or pain when you think about it. Widowed only after seven years of marriage. There's no mention of children. She could easily have felt cheated in life and become bitter and resentful towards God. And on top of that uh, was also the fact that Israel had no pension plans for widows. If you're a widow back then with no children, you're on your own, mate. You're on your own. And many of them never survived. And it seems to me that that hardship and sorrow can affect people in one of two ways. Either you become hard, bitter and resentful and angry to God. Or you can become kinder and softer and more sympathetic from the experience. It's a bit like that scripture that says in Hebrews 12, 11, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. 
Let God train you. Don't get angry and bitter toward him. There's an old saying and it goes, the same sun hardens clay but melts butter. Remember hearing that one? Anna recognised that in Christ's coming, he gives us all the potential to live a life of fullness and wholeness despite our circumstances. Because in Christ, the consolation of God's people has arrived. For in him there is redemption. There is reconciliation to God. There is hope for a certain future. I wonder if you can say amen to that tonight. Let's pray together. Father, we do thank you tonight. We just bless you for your faithfulness. We thank you for giving us the record of Anna. Not a lot said about her, but Lord, there seems to be a lot about her. And Father, just please help us to just see something of her life that inspires us to want to press on with you, push through, press on, persevering. And God, absolutely marvelling the journey that you're taking us on with yourself. So bless us as a church, Lord. Thank you for these dear folk here tonight. Thank you for the friends, the relatives that have come here tonight. And Father, may we go from this place with a a deep joy and a new sense of hope and direction for our lives. Take us into the evening, Lord, into a fresh new day. Bring us back tomorrow morning so that we can worship and celebrate you again on Christmas Day. And Father, just revel in this time together with yourself and with your people. Thanks for being with us tonight. Thanks that you're with us all the time, never leaving us, never forsaking us. Lord, thank you for that. You're a great God and we worship you and we love you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.